This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Protocol for Life Balance, offering a wide range of professional-grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, several stand out, which can help keep your blood vessels healthy and your circulatory system working properly, including Protocol's unique soy-free form of vitamin K2 that has been shown to promote healthy vascular structures, and D3, which helps maintain healthy blood levels of calcium. They're available in several forms and dosages, including a new combined formulation, which harnesses the synergistic effects of both K2 and D3. They're backed by solid scientific data and available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest is the Dirt Doctor, Howard Garrett. He's uh, a uh, the host of a syndicated radio program, uh, and he's the author of 15 books, columnist for the Dallas Morning News with his column, Organic Answers, and uh, more accolades than I can mention in a short period of time. Uh among his books are The Organic Manual and um, also a book for professionals, Organic Management for the Professional, First Comprehensive Guide to Going Green. Uh, you know, uh, over 30 million Americans added food crops to their home gardens last year. So I just read an interesting article, Howard, about uh, food trends and lifestyle trends during COVID. Now, COVID has been mostly a negative for a lot of people. They haven't been able to get out to exercise. They've been uh, calling DoorDash to get fast food. At, you know, it's like they've got apps to, you know, get a pizza delivery within 15 minutes. Uh, a lot of people sitting on the couch. But uh, according to the statistics, a lot of people have gained weight. A lot of people have uh, eaten worse. But some people have taken the opportunity during the lockdown uh, to go out in their backyards or their community gardens and start to be healthier because, you know, in the face of COVID, we know that poor health and obesity are risk factors for bad outcomes with COVID. So some people have said, Hey, you know, uh, I'm going to stoke my immune system with some healthy, fresh produce that I can grow in my garden. And I don't want it to be chemicalized. Have you seen that trend? I have. We've seen a great increase, uh, not only of people in general, but, but young people, which we're really delighted to see get more interested in gardening. I think it, it almost becomes addictive like the bad stuff. Once you grow your own crops and you taste the difference in the quality and the freshness and all that, and you know uh, how it's been grown and you, you don't have to worry about what uh, kind of toxins might be in the stuff. It um, kind of becomes a little bit addictive to some people, so we see a, a really good movement. The garden centers and the landscape people that deal with um, home gardens have really seen a great increase yep. in their business uh, as well, and we're just getting more more uh, listeners and more people calling and asking questions and joining our Organic Club of America and, and taking our course and all that than, than before. Yeah, I'm planning on going to a gardening center uh, tomorrow morning. The weather's warming up, and I think we're past our freeze, and, you know, it's time to put some plants out. Uh, so uh, the concern I have, though, is, you know, you, you, you look at your plants, and you see, like, those those telltale uh, signs that uh, there's uh, there's some some bugs 
you know, your bugs are chewing up your leaves, uh, getting at the fruit uh, or the uh, early vegetables, damaging your crops. So the temptation is to get the strongest thing possible and spray your plants, right? That's sort of the impulse. Yeah, what are the alternatives? That's just, yeah, that's just the wrong approach. <clears throat> the thing you have to do when you have um, insects or diseases on uh, plants of any kind, especially food crops, and I think in the, the fruit uh, uh, category, the orchards, it's probably the most uh, important because when you see those pests on a plant, the thought process shouldn't be, what can I go get to kill these things? Mm -hmm. It should be, what did I do wrong? What, yeah. what did I do to this plant to cause it to be in stress because it doesn't have pest problems except for the fact that it's under stress? Yeah. And the trees, the fruit trees and things like that are the most critical because the one thing that puts them in stress more than any other thing is being planted too deeply in the soil. Hmm. You simply remove them the excess soil from the base of the tree and expose the flare, which is the natural transition zone between the trunk and the and the roots. Hmm. Pest problems in general go away. Mistletoe will dry up and die in trees. You'll see the uh, aphids and the powdery mildew and things like that go away. And what few insects you pests you still have around or maybe a little disease pop up here and there, we have all kind of soft organic tools, both commercial and homemade stuff, that can be used to uh, get rid of a temporary problem. What, what kind of kitchen chemistry can you use to, say, spray your plants? Well, it depends on what you have. I, I recommend, when you, as the first step of pest control, just do all the positive stuff like we were talking earlier. And then the second step, if you still have some uh, aphids hanging around or some stink bugs or whatever that are still giving you a little bit of trouble. I like to spray things that I call repellents, not things that kill. Mm -hmm. And in the repellent category are things like garlic oil mm -hmm. and garlic pepper tea and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then if you still have some pests hanging around, and occasionally do because we plant things from time to time that aren't perfectly well adapted, you know, to where you live, we can we can kill things with neem products, with orange oil mm -hmm. products, with fatty acid uh, soaps. Uh, in other words, uh, gentle but killing pest control products. We like to use them as a last resort, though, because they will also kill green lacewings and lady beetles and, and other beneficial insects that we don't want to hurt. Uh, a big problem where I hang out uh, in the Northeast is deer. The deer run rampant in Long Island and in New Jersey, where I sometimes spend weekends. And uh, so it's short of a, a, you know, a 10-foot electrified fence, because they seem to be pretty resourceful. Uh, what can you do that acts as a natural deer repellent? Well, there's a couple of things. One thing that uh, sometimes works, and nothing is foolproof in this uh, situation when you're dealing with animals, they like that, that healthy, delicious, organic food, too, you know. <laughs> but, so, but sometimes the uh, human hair uh, put out and, and worked into the mulch and into hmm. the plants around the landscape and the garden will, will work. It'll work on some animals better than others. Sometimes it works very well on deer. Now, on a, what's the theory there? Fences, what's what's the theory? Is it that that the I human scent I, is is uh, you know apparently apparently so? Yeah, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a hundred percent, but it seems to work fairly well. Also, uh, those people listening that grow squash and and cucumbers and things like that that have problems with squash vine borers and squash bugs, the human hair will work uh, for that uh, situation too. But one of my listeners that had a ranch came up with an uh, an idea one time that would be worth remembering too. Rather than a ten foot tall electric fence, they put in a one wire, single wire fence, knee high hmm. around the areas that they didn't want the deer in, and the deer walked up to it, and y'all didn't see a big barrier, bumped into it once, and they remembered it. It worked huh. beautifully. It huh. was kind of amazing. And the other thing is, there's a commercial product on the market called Deer Scram hmm. that I've actually specified on some big uh, commercial projects, and it has worked uh, quite quite well uh it's probably of all the repellent uh products on the market the best one i've run into okay folks at this point let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you are you looking to give your immune system a boost this is dr ronald hoppen with a natural solution from future farm botanicals liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farms Wild Oil of Oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888 888- 841-7216-888-841-7216 or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors there. What make intelligent medicine a continuing free resource to you? And now back to today's guest. Howard Garrett, the dirt doctor. You know, coming, you know, coming back to the subject of the relationship between uh, the health of the soil and the health of the plants and our, the health of our own uh, microbiome. Uh, you know, a big concern I have with Roundup. And by the way, you know, full confession here, I, I used to use Roundup because I have this I white, beautiful, pristine, white gravel driveway. And I would just, I'm a little obsessive. And, you know, these little weeds would pop up. And it was like so gratifying to spritz the Roundup on the weeds instead of, you know, digging down and pulling the roots out. It was very laborious in the hot sun. And then you'd come back and, you know, all the all the weeds would be dead. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I since abandoned that when I realized how harmful it is to the environment. But it turns out, you know, as you well know, uh, that glyphosate uh, is uh, something that uh, has uh, an effect on bacteria uh, through something called the shikimate pathway. It is a pathway that's, that's common to weeds, but is also present in bacteria. So when you consume food that has glyphosate residues on it, well, short of getting cancer, you know, which is, I mean, the, the, the big concern, uh, you may disrupt your microbiome, right? That's exactly right. That's the big uh, lie about glyphosate and Roundup, of course, the main thing in it is glyphosate. But they'll argue that the, uh, uh, that the glyphosate doesn't have the ability to harm animals because it has to have that chicken right. pathway like you mentioned. Right. Well... The bacteria in your gut do. Yeah. <laughs> the bacteria in the gut of wildlife do. Yeah. The, the bacteria in your pets 
do. So, and the bacteria it, in the soil yeah, does, and the bacteria in the soil. Does. Yeah. So, you know, you're not just killing the weeds; you're killing the, you're rendering the soil sterile, in effect. One of the things that we have on our nonprofit website, the Texas Organic Research Center, where we we gather and collect and organize research, is available. Um, and it's been available for some time about different things that we don't recommend and we do recommend. And we've got a lot of white papers and research stuff about Roundup in there. And there's, as you know, there's some real strong uh, correlations between it and the GMO, which is a part off of the Roundup use, uh, to all kinds of diseases. You know, the, the argument, and I think you've heard it a lot, uh, Howard, is that, uh, okay, organic is fine. But it just you can't achieve the productivity with organic. We right. can't feed the world's population with organic. Uh, that ultimately- we hear it ad nauseum, and yeah. it comes from the people, unfortunately, that teach people agriculture at the universities. They're the main ones that, that say that. The truth is, and there's a new book, out, a fairly new book called Kiss the Soil that I'd recommend everybody read if you haven't already because it addresses this in a, in a little bit different angle than, than I do. But uh, not only can you feed the world with organics, it's the only way we can properly feed the world uh, long term. And we're, we're seeing it start to develop now. We're seeing you know all kinds of uh, problems start to develop, and they're growing. They're not getting weaker. They're growing, getting stronger. And, and it's sustainable. So, you know, for somebody who's, who's starting out, you know, let's say they've got a little plot of their garden, you know, they like to, you know, they have a lawn, they grow some flowers, but they, you know, this, they want to get started with organic gardening. I think a big mistake is that, you know, you go to the garden uh, supply place and, you know, you just randomly pick stuff, you know, so, and it, it bound to end up in disappointment unless you're already a, a well-trained organic gardener. What's a good uh, starter program uh, for somebody who wants to get into organic gardening, you know, like maybe the the five most easily grown crops that uh, you know yield the best results. Oh, that's a good question. A lot of it's uh, personal preference, but you can start right now since we're in the spring for pretty much everybody in the in the country and get that bed preparation done. Mix into that existing soil. The, Heavy amounts of compost, rock minerals like lava sand and azomite and granite sand, things like that. And then the sugars I would recommend are whole ground cornmeal and dry molasses and things hmm. like that because oh. the, the whole ground cornmeal stimulates a beneficial fungus called trichoderma. Hmm. And trichoderma pretty much knocks out all the pathogenic hmm. uh, fungi that we have to deal with. So that's my basic program. It's explained in detail on my website and my books and everything, but that's that's basically it. Into the existing soil, and if you don't have any soil, if you're on solid rock or whatever, bring in some soil of some kind, you know, good sandy loam or something. But if you have soil, use it. Mix the compost, organic fertilizer, rock minerals, and sugars into that existing soil that creates a raised bed. We recommend we have the recommended rates and all that in the books and on the website. People can see that in detail, and it can vary. You can you can not be precise with organic stuff, and it doesn't really be a, a big problem for you. And then plant whatever you want to plant. The perennial things would be fun for people to do a little bit with the annuals. For example, asparagus is 
a piece of cake, easy hmm. to grow as it can be. I would be. never think to grow asparagus. I didn't realize it was easy to grow. Very, very easy to grow, and it's perennial. Comes back. It can hmm. take twenty below zero, or you know, our hundred and ten degrees here here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and everything in between. So, uh, doing that, and then planting some things from transplants, the usual things everybody loves so much, uh, tomatoes, peppers are in the category of easy to grow, and they'll grow in sun or shade. A lot of people don't realize that. And then you can grow things from seed like carrots and the cucumbers and the squash and all those things. You can grow jicama at home very easily from mm. seed, for example. Uh, so it's, uh, I've got a book called the, uh, Texas, it's a bad name. It's called the Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Book. One is, it's not just for Texas. My publisher wanted that in there. It's good coast to coast, border to border, because we talk about the timing relative to the first and last freezes. But it also covers fruit, trees, and blackberries, and strawberries, and edible landscaping, and everything like that. And it'll give people some good tips on the kind of, uh, food crops that we recommend. Malcolm Beck and I did the book together, and and uh, when to plant them and all that kind of thing. But I would just start with whatever kind of food you'd be interested in growing. The herbs, the culinary herbs, are very yeah, easy. That to grow. that I grow. That, you know, I got the rosemary going, the thyme. Uh, you know, the, you know, very yeah, across the board. And garlic, you know, one of the most health giving foods there is. Piece cake, easy to grow, especially in the organic program garlic chives are one of the very easiest of all plants to grow mint is too easy to grow yeah i'm digging i've had some mint nightmares right yeah 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 so yes. be careful might put put it in a container and you'll right. be fine metastatic mint you know it just you know takes over it sends out shoots uh it sends out uh, crawlers to all you know remote corners of your garden and pretty soon you got a mid factory. There's only so many uh, mid juleps that you can consume, kale. you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. The upright kale is a good one for people, too, because it's real easy. That one that has the dark green, real rough leaf. I forget the actual scientific name of it, but it's a common kale that people can find. It's real, real easy to grow also. Indeed. Well, you know, I can see we're kindred spirits because, you know, the way you approach uh, gardening and the soil is a little bit the way I approach uh, human uh, patience, uh, which is, you know, if, it, as you said earlier, if, if a plant is failing or if they're prey to uh, predators or they're prey to infections, uh, you know, we don't necessarily want to just zap the invader, you know, give them powerful antibiotics in the case of humans or powerful pesticides in the case of plants or herbicides. Um we want to find out, you know, what the underlying problem is. And, uh, you know, we want to, you know, th there's this term in medicine, which is the terrain. And it, you know, comes from, you know, obviously, uh, uh, agriculture is that we want to strengthen the terrain so that either a plant or a human organism can, can flourish. And, you know, by doing, you know, by providing nutrients, by uh, uh, strengthening the microbiome, that's an important consideration for both plants and humans, the plant soil microbiome, the intestinal microbiome. And so, uh, you know, once again, uh, give us uh, uh, your recommendations about uh, the human uh, terrain in terms of the human microbiome. Well, personally, I've, 
as we've talked briefly before, I take the Reg Active and the uh, uh, Dr. Harris Probiotics every day. Different people recommend taking it in a different way, and I've been experimenting with different ones. Right now, I'm taking two. Uh, Dr. O'Hara's in the morning and two uh, Reg Active in the evening. Other people like to mix them together, but I think any way you, you take them, they're going to improve what's going on in that garden in the gut and uh, help you uh, feel better and uh, be truly uh, healthier. I really am a believer. Right, and, and don't poison your gut with uh, toxic chemicals, uh, right. additives, and yeah. and things like Roundup, you know that and, and hence right. the the benefits I think of organic foods. Plus, they you know they they taste better. They have greater nutritional value. I think there's some good research on that as well. Uh, so taste being a signature of some of those beneficial chemicals, phytochemicals that are present in foods. Um, all right. So our call to action today, and you want to get more information about Dr. Hira's probiotics? Uh, they're available online. And you can visit EssentialFormulas.com to find a retailer near you uh, among the places where you can get it. Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and other natural health retailers across the U.S. And you can follow them on socials. Follow Dr. Hero's Probiotics and Reg Active on Facebook. And you, Howard, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to call you Dr. Garrett. But Howard's fine. You're the dirt doctor, and uh, you can find you can get more information about uh, his publications and uh, free online resources at dirtdoctor.com. Not the dirt doctor, right? Just dirt doctor. Right, dirtdoctor.com or howardgarrett.com. Either one. Great. Well, thank you very, very much for joining us today. Really appreciate uh, your work, and uh, you've inspired me to get my hands a little dirty this weekend. So, yeah. Dr. Hoffman, I've enjoyed being with you, too. Thank you for your work, and uh, hopefully we can get together and do this in person sometime. Indeed. Yeah, I look very much forward to that, and uh, maybe you can uh, do a consult on my little plot (laughs) when he's taken. Great. I'd love to. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. That's drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com. 